you ever thrown you a curveball that you weren't sure what to do with? You know, the kind where you think someone should really do something about this. Have you ever thought maybe that someone is me and then found yourself on a grand adventure you never saw coming? Me too. As a special needs mom, I have been saddened by what's available to my son. But instead of wallowing in it, I decided to do something about it. Along the way, I'm meeting extraordinary people and having the most wonderful experiences I never thought I'd have. I'm so inspired by what's happening around me that I want to share it all with you. Living Your Legacy is a community where ordinary people who've been called to create something bigger than themselves can come together to be inspired, connect, learn, and live into the legacies they want to see in the world. I'm your host, Michelle Slaney Travato, and this is the Living Your Legacy Podcast. Hello, everybody. Michelle Slaney Travato here, and I wanted to take a moment to welcome you to this holiday edition of the Living Your Legacy show. Today, it is just me talking to you and sharing some thoughts as we near the end of 2023. First of all, I would like to say thank you to my listening audience and the watching audience on the TV show, because without you, we wouldn't be where we are. And my search for guests and topics to share with you is really also helping me to continue to live into my own legacy as a caregiver for my adult son with disabilities. So thank you. Thank you for being around on the journey. Thank you for striving to reach higher and digging deeper in your own lives to become the best people you can be so that you change the world positively. And today is about doing that a little bit more and in a slightly different way. I want to talk to you about holidays. Um, in particular, now that we're ending the year of 2023, we're into the winter season. And so this is a time when lots of people want to be getting together. Schools are going to let out, jobs take holidays, things along those lines. And it can be a really extraordinary time. The holidays are meant to be a time of joy, uh, filled with fun, friends, family, yummy foods, and lots of festivities. But for caregivers, this can actually be completely the opposite so many times. The holidays can be filled with fears and frustrations, financial challenges, and oh, so much future planning as we look forward to the next year in our role as a caregiver. So I thought today that I would look at this and offer some tips on how you can not only survive, but maybe thrive through the holidays. Um, so this is for you, all the caregivers out there. I adore you and the world needs you to do what you're doing because your sacrifice makes the world a better place for all of us. So folks, let's talk about this. The holidays don't have to be all bad and scary. Today, I'm going to share with you five different tips to help you successfully navigate your way through the holiday season. Now, I recommend if you have the time to either listen to or watch this episode a couple of times or take some notes, because I bet there's going to be some things here that you're like, oh, I should try that. And I would encourage you to try it and get back to me and let me know what you really liked, what worked, what didn't work for you. Let's have that conversation because that's really interesting. And I bet I will gain a lot out of it as well. So let's jump right into it. Tip one, routine and structure are important. 
you've got to make sure to build it in. So most people really look forward to the downtime of any holiday season. They want to step out of their normal routines and just rest and recharge. And that's amazing. But for our care receivers, though, structure and routine provide predictability, safety, and security. Um, when we remove those, this can cause a great deal of anxiety and fear, resulting in less than optimal behaviors that can totally disrupt everything. And if you're a caregiver, you know exactly what I mean. When you know, you know. So if, for example, you are a special needs parent, um, what I would suggest is take a look at the routine your child thrives in. What routines really work for them? Where are they happiest? Where are they best behaved? What sorts of things are going on for them? Is it, for example, having meals at particular times? Or is there a special seating arrangement for eating that works for them? Is some of these, um, you know, places where they thrive or don't thrive? Is it noise related? Do they do better in quieter areas or louder areas? That kind of thing. What helps your child to remain calm and happy? Once you kind of got this figured out, like you took a look at the situation, you figured out some of those structures and routines that really work for your child, then put them into place as often as possible. This is really going to help. So throughout the holidays, if you know that your child does better when they eat at particular times, then structure things so that they eat at those particular times. That routine is going to create in them that sense of calmness and stability and will allow them to be able to handle some of the other stuff that comes up during holiday seasons, right? If you are caregiving for a parent or an adult in your life who lives with you or you see often, do the same thing. Figure out their routines, the structures that work for them to create predictability and calm and happiness, and then help to build that in as often as you can, wherever you can. If your care receiver doesn't live with you, though, find out from a trusted adult what those routines are and implement as many as you can. So whether that's going into the home to visit mom or dad at particular times that really work for them, or if you're going to take them out for meals, understanding the structures and routines that are in place in the home they might be in to where you're going. And so you can try to implement as many of those as you can. They may not be able to thank you for it, but I will. Thank you. By thinking ahead to all those things, it does really make things easier for everybody, including our care receivers. So again, let's talk about those adults in your lives. So, for example, does mom like particular music played this time of year? Then incorporate it. Would it help to have childhood pictures available for the dinner party to remind them or to clarify who's there? That one actually could be a really fun activity to include all the guests in. Have them pick their favorite pictures of them with the senior that they're going to see and have them bring those pictures even on their phone, like take a picture of the picture so that they can strike up a conversation with that person. That could be really fun for them to go kind of hunt it down before they get together with you. Great idea. So try those things out. Figure out the routines and structures that work and see if you can figure out ways to implement them. Tip two, problem solve before there's a problem. 
I love this one. So this really includes thinking about events and activities and looking for potential problem areas and triggers for your care receivers. Then what you want to do is seek creative solutions and invite other people to be a part of those solutions. For example, does loud noise bother your person? Well, then reducing experiences that include that could be an option. Or bringing noise-canceling headphones could work. Or how about rearranging things? I'll give you a personal example. I have two children. My oldest son has significant disabilities, and my younger son is my quiet guy. My older son literally loves people. He thrives in group situations, loud music and talking and food and, you know, engaging with people. That is like his ideal world. But for my youngest son, that can be a bit of a nightmare. It's a lot. It's a lot of stimulation. It's a lot of overwhelm. And he really doesn't enjoy those things very often. So when we go out into loud, noisy situations, it can lead to problems for my younger son because my older son doesn't want to leave and my younger son doesn't want to stay. So what do you do in those situations? Well, here's how we've come at it in a creative way. We invite people into our home and we usually do it like one or two families at a time. So that way, uh, my older son gets his fix of the food and the fun and the festivities and all our friends. And my younger son can retreat into his space in his room. Um, and he has more control over how much interaction he has. So what I find is my older son's in like a dirty shirt and my younger son kind of drifts in and out. So he'll be there for a little bit and then he'll disappear in his room for a little bit and then he'll come back for a little bit and he might go outside for a little bit. But this way, everybody's needs are getting met, including my own as the caregiver, because my children have a little more control over their own environment. I actually get to visit for a while, which is really nice. So again, consider this kind of situation and creative problem solving. Um, if your child or your parent doesn't like going out, what can you create for them that will help to accommodate their needs and your own? It's really important, though, to be to be cautious here, not to just cancel everything and stay at home. You want to create opportunities for your care receivers, your people to be included. It's so good for them and it's good for you. So don't just cancel everything outright. Put on your creative thinking hat and see what cool things you can come up with. Tip three, include and educate as many others around you as you can. Now, I love this one. Most people are so good at heart. They want to include you and your care receivers in what they're doing. And often they want to be included in what you're doing, but they don't know how. And often they don't want to ask you because they see what a heavy burden you already carry and they don't want to add to it by saying like, is this going to be okay? Is that going to be okay? They, they kind of feel like they're burdening you even further and they don't want to do that. So how can we come at this? Start by being clear and honest with people. If what you've got planned or what they've got planned needs to be tweaked to accommodate you and your loved ones, then let them know and let them know how. Find out the details of the events and activities that are being planned and be proactive in potential problem solving, which goes back to tip two. Find out what they're doing. Look at what will work for your care receiver. 
What won't work for your care receiver and how can you negotiate it? Some examples might be like we have come to events late because the beginning part would be something that my son couldn't participate in. So we arrived there a little bit late. He didn't know any different and it worked out really well. He got to enjoy the rest of the event and there was no trouble or problems. Or maybe there's something coming that you might need to leave a little bit early. In the case of my younger son, that's often the case. We we would need to kind of, he'll decide when he's kind of had it and then we'll leave. In some cases, my husband and I divide and conquer. He stays with the older one and I leave with the younger one. And that way we get to, everybody gets a little bit of things for them and a little bit that we all compromise for each other. So again, think about it this way. When you work with the people whose events and activities you're going to participate in, you might be able to create amazing memories that are awesome and inspiring, not just for you and your care receiver, but for the people you're educating around you, that they can be more open-minded and clear on how this could work in other circumstances. Now, I got a disclaimer here that I need to address. You have got to be gentle and positive in your approach when you are asking other people to change things to accommodate for you and your care receiver. Be polite and be positive when you're doing those asks and ask for help. If it just won't work for you, ask, is there a way we could we do this or could we do that? Or could we try it this way? Or what about this? Um, Because sometimes you got to do that. And I've often found that I might come up with a few solutions and then they come up with a few solutions. And then jointly, we actually come up with something really amazing. So again, when you do it that way, you increase the likelihood that people are going to want to keep inviting you and your care receiver to what they're doing. Thank those people for being open-minded and kind. It goes so much farther when you operate that way by shining a light on what is possible than being demanding and angry ever will. When you come at people from a very demanding and angry perspective, it puts them on the defensive and it makes them less likely to want to work with you to solve a problem or you may find that you just don't get invited to their things very much. And that might be a result of that situation where they don't want to deal with you being demanding and angry. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are places where you absolutely need to be very vocal and firm about things. But in general, if you start out being polite and being and questioning things and inviting people to problem solve with you, you are much more likely to take things so much further. If you are hosting events or get togethers yourself, try creating a fun list of things for people that will make things better for everyone. So for example, if there are specific things that need to happen in your house in a particular order for your care receiver, put that on a list and then give it to the attendees ahead of time. Ask them to review it, share it with the people in their party who are coming and ask you any questions they might have before they get there right? You might find that people really appreciate the heads up and things go so much smoother because the expectations are clear before they actually come in the door. Okay. And it can be really, really fun. It does not have to be icky, sticky, and gross. Um, For example, if your care receiver prefers a particular seat at the table during mealtimes, 
why don't you have assigned seating and put place cards out? And everybody has to find their spot at the table. That could be really fun. And most of the time, people don't attend events where their names are on their plates. Um, I know the first time my children saw it, they thought it was the coolest thing ever. Or, so if you have an elderly or aging parent that has trouble keeping up with the conversation, here's another idea. Give each guest a topic or a question to bring up with them. I bet you might find that their answers lead to loads of laughter and you may find out things about them that you didn't even know. Again, these are ways of coming at the situation looking for positive, proactive solutions that lead to fun and more amazing memories. So why not look at, at doing things that way? And that's just the tip of the iceberg. I could go on and on and on and on, but I've got two more tips to get through before the end of the call. Thank you for being a part of the Living Your Legacy podcast community in 2022. We can honestly say 2023 is going to be an exciting year. We've got some new things going on that we'd like to share with you. The Living Your Legacy podcast is now offering advertising spots. We found many entrepreneurs spent lots of money on advertising last year, only to find that they weren't falling in front of their ideal audience. We'd love to help you get your message out. Let's discuss this. Click the link in the show notes to book a time to chat and see if this could be a good fit for you. Tip number four, be flexible. Always have a backup plan. The best laid plans, you've heard that, do not always go according to plan. The weather could change and people can't get to your house or you can't get out to an event. Um, your person or you could end up getting sick or, or people get tired and grumpy. Meltdowns absolutely happen. So... You should have some fun ideas or activities around just in case of those cancellations, because again, that's a sudden shift in a, a plan that may lead to your care receiver feeling a lot of anxiety around it. Choose things for those activities that your care receiver likes to do. If my grandmother used to love to play cribbage, so there was always a cribbage board around. And if things didn't go according to plan, we could say, you know, come on, grandma, let's go sit down and play crib. And that would always kind of reset, recenter everything and we'd be good. So again, having some of those things, does your child like, you know, board games or video games, go play a video game with them. I mean, they, the laughter that comes when I try to play the games my kids are really good at, and I am so not good at is hilarious because I ask all these questions and we hoot and holler. And again, it can be really fun right? It's important in this situation with the flexibility to focus on your person first, your care receiver. You want to make sure in these situations that they're okay, because if they're not okay, everybody else around them is not going to be okay either, right? You want to, you know, make sure that things are good rather than forcing the issue and making things worse. There will always be other opportunities for other events and other activities. If you force things in this particular one, maybe you gave somebody your commitment that you'd be there and now you're like, we just can't, but we need to. And the stress and pressure is on. It can just get yucky and go sideways really quickly. Right. But here's a thought. Rather than forcing the issue, you want to think about things this way. You'll never get back the time that's lost in arguing and forcing your person to do something social that they don't want to do. 
So if you can avoid it, why not do that? Just make alternate arrangements, call and send your regrets. Well, sorry, it's not going to work. Now, of course, that doesn't really work if it's a flight and things like that. I'm talking about local events that you can reschedule, right? Be flexible as much as possible. It is so worth it. And when you as the caregiver are less stressed, that has a direct impact on your person too. When you're stressed and tense, they feel it and they can get stressed and tense as well. So again, just be flexible and see what you can do. And when you can't, make an alternate plan and go with it. Last tip, tip number five, and probably the most important tip for caregivers, take care of you. And I'll repeat that. Take care of you. Be sure to build in time over any holiday for you. As a caregiver myself, I know this is really hard to do, but here are a few ideas that might help you. I also know that as a caregiver, I tend to put myself last on the caregiving list. And sometimes you really need to rethink that one. The holidays are one of those times. Taking time off or time out is so important. So be creative about it. If you have respite services, use them. Um, book things in advance. If you know the holidays are coming and there are going to be different things, just book time. Time where you can either go out or stay in or do whatever. But respite services, if you've got them, use them. What about if you have some family support? Ask them for help, right? Can someone look after your care receiver, your person, so you can go out for an hour and get the groceries by yourself? Oh, the joy of that. Or maybe even go for a coffee with a friend or by yourself. Sit quietly and people watch or read a book or listen to a podcast while you sip a, a yummy beverage in a, a, a local establishment, right? Not at home necessarily, right? But something that you can do that a neighbor or a friend could help take over. That would be amazing. Um, what about this? Can you ask another family to kid swap for a date night? Now, we've done that. We have another family that are great friends of ours. Our two sons really get along well. And sometimes when they have events, they'll call us up and say, hey, on such and such a day, can you take our son? Um, and they drop him off here. He hangs out with us. It's amazing. We have a great time. My son has a great time. He has a great time. And his parents get to go out. And we do the same thing, call them up and say, hey, on such and such a day, can you take our son so that we can go out or spend some time with our other son, just the three of us or whatever it is that we're going to do. It's amazing. And if you haven't thought of that before, is there a family that you could forge that relationship with and do the ask? We're not talking about, you know, dropping them off for weeks at a time. That could be something that works out. We're talking about short little times where you just literally get a timeout. Can you organize something like that? Is there a neighbor that you could work with um, to do that, right? Like give that some thought because, you know, there are always really nice people out there who are very willing to step in and help. We just have to be creative and we have to educate and empower them to be able to do it, which goes back to all the other tips I was talking about. Okay, carve out some quiet time just for you. Quiet time right? Can you listen to a podcast or watch it to your favorite TV show while you're doing the dishes or folding the laundry, right? I'm talking about building in some little moments of time out, little periods of time so that you can rest and recharge you too, right? 
can you take a little bit longer in the shower or have a nice long bath at some point? Can you do it when your kids are asleep or before they're even up in the morning? Can you build that in somewhere in your, in your day and your week schedule? Can you squeak out a little time for a hobby? Now, I'm not talking about hours and hours and hours. I'm talking about a few minutes, right? Can you squeak that out? I'll give you an example. I'm a quilter and I make quilts out of scrap fabrics that are donated to me. And I donate those quilts out into the community. And I love to sew. For me, that's my downtime. I don't have to problem solve or think about a lot of things. I just put fabric together and run it through the machine and press it flat and keep going. Rinse and repeat all over the place. So I sometimes go in my sewing room and I sit and sew for 20 minutes. Or I even do it with my adult son in the house. His bedroom is across the hall. And sometimes he'll take his iPad and go hang out on his bed and watch something usually really loudly. So I know what he's listening to. And every now and again, we'll have some joking, like he'll sing out mama and I will sing out hello and we'll do it back and forth and he'll giggle and things like that. Sometimes he just comes in and lies on the floor where I'm sewing with his iPad just to be in the same space, but he's kind of doing his thing. And for 10 or 15 or 20 minutes, I'm just doing mine. It allows me to mentally rest and reset and carry on. So again, can you do that? Um, right. Um, now of course we've got a new venture coming and having that little bit of time to be able to figure things out, excuse me, and time to myself is so amazing because I'm going to be using those moments of time to learn about some new equipment and to plan and to organize things. So I'm really excited about that and building that time in recharges me so that I have more to give him. Make time to see the people that are important to you, right? Whether it's Zoom or a phone call or coffee at your place, whether it's dinner out, whatever it is, you need to fill your cup with the people you want to see, not just people for your care receivers. Who do you want to see? Who do you want to connect with? I often invite people in because once my kids, especially my oldest son, realize that this person's really not going to be all that interesting to him, he goes off and does his own thing and I can visit. So make sure that you work out ways that you can do it, right? My husband puts uh, earbuds in, in his ears, his AirPods. There you go. That's the word I was looking for. And he can talk on the phone while he's walking around the house and doing things. So again, can you build in those moments so that you get connected with people who fill your cup? Because remember, we as caregivers are where the rubber meets the road of caregiving. You and I need to include you in every holiday time too. It isn't just about the people we care for. It's also about you. So folks, I hope that these tips have given you something to think about and some positive practical steps that you can take over any holiday or a different way to look at holidays as they're approaching so that you can approach them differently to try and achieve better results. Holidays can be great if you plan for them. Um, if you've got tips and strategies after hearing all this that you have used quite successfully, and I haven't mentioned them, I would love it if you'd reach out to me. I would love to know other creative ways. You never know, it might end up on an episode of the podcast and TV show, or you might 
end up on the show to share some of your thoughts and experiences. I love talking to people who got really cool things that we can all learn and grow from. So again, feel free to reach out to me. My email is Michelle with two L's at livingyourlegacy.ca. I would love to hear from you. And as we clue up this episode, again, I want to thank you for being a part of our audience, for creating positive ripples in the world. You truly do make a difference. And I think you are completely awesome. Now go start living your legacy today. Have a good one. Does the thought of follow-up give you a foul taste? Do you find yourself wondering how you can ever stand out from the crowd, but need it to be easy and convenient? With a system like Send Out Cards, you can stay in touch and top of mind with only a few keystrokes. People's inboxes might be full, but their mailboxes are empty. Reach people literally where they live, work, or play, and watch the warm fuzzies go to work for you. See the show notes for a link where you can send your first card on me. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Together, we can inspire more people to start living their legacy too. And let's keep the conversation going. We would love to hear all about your journey in living your legacy and support you along the way. Join our Facebook community, Living Your Legacy Podcast, where we connect, collaborate, and celebrate each other. Can't wait to see you there.